Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came unto Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Notice he mentions that he taught publicly and from house to house. So anybody tells you that we shouldn't be sitting on a street corner with signs and we shouldn't be going out, canning out tracks, that we should keep our religion to ourselves, that's not how Paul did it. Paul went and did it publicly, out in the streets, out in the markets. He made, he made sure that he went out and gave the gospel to people out in the streets publicly. But he also did it from house to house. Verse 21, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. The gospel is you've got to repent and receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. In other words, you've got to have a convict before you can have a convert. You've got to know you're a sinner before you can be saved from hell. You've got to know there's a hell before you can be saved from hell. But that's what he's preaching. But I want you to go back up to verse 19. This is where I'm going to get my message this morning. Verse 19, he says in verse 19, Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Every Christian should be serving the Lord with a humble mind. But also with this, and with many tears. With many tears. Every Christian should be serving the Lord with tears. And I'm going to preach this morning about the believer's tears. And what kind of tears a believer should have. With many tears. Tears, with many tears. You know, every time it thunders outside, I'm just going to assume that that's the Lord saying amen. So <laughs> and we just go with that. With many, with many tears. There's believers should have tears. Every believer should be serving the Lord and should have to be serving the Lord with tears. Paul served the Lord with tears. There's nothing wrong with a man crying. As a matter of fact, if you're a grown man, you will cry. There's things that should break your heart. There's things that should bring you to tears. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as He came, went into Jerusalem, He sat up on the mountain, He looked across Jerusalem, and He said, uh, the Bible says, He said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I would have gathered together as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. And He shed tears over Jerusalem. He was brokenhearted. His brothers wouldn't come to Him. He was brokenhearted. We should serve the Lord with tears, but these tears don't go unnoticed, believer. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ in here this morning, these tears don't go unnoticed. Psalms 56, 8 tells us, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears in thy bottle. Put thou my tears in thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? The Lord writes down every, every time you have a tear for him, the Lord's writing that down. The Lord's putting that in a bottle the Bible says. That should be a comfort to you. Every tear you shed, the Lord knows you're crying. He understands you're brokenhearted about things. Just like every hair of your head is numbered, and I know there's not a lot of numbering on my head, but just like every hair on your head is numbered, every tear you've shed is numbered by the Lord. It's precious to Him for you to cry, but we don't do enough crying. We don't do enough shedding of tears. We've gotten kind of stone cold. We've gotten kind of cold hearted. We've gotten kind of, grown kind of cold. You know, when Brother Joker had his grandbaby, Brother Joker's, I mean, he's one of the toughest men I've ever uh, been around in my entire life. Joker is. And y'all might not know that. Don't mess with him. He'll whip you. I know him. 
He whipped me for years when I was younger. He's one of the toughest men I've ever been around. He's one of the strongest men I've ever been around. When he held that little grandbaby in his, I was in the hospital, and he held that little grandbaby in his, in his arms, there was tears in his eyes. Amen. Amen. Tears of joy. Amen. Guys, you should have tears of joy. There's tears every believer should have in Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with it. So why should a Christian cry, and what should a Christian be shedding tears over? Well, skip down to verse 28. Let's look at these tears Paul is, cry, is, is shedding. Let's look at verse 28 of chapter 20. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to, and to all the flock, that's the church of God, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Guys, you've got to have that verse underlined. What did that just say? You know your English, it says, the church, end of verse 28, the church of God, okay, of God, that's God's church, the church of God, which He, who's the He there? God. Who's the He there in that sentence? God. He hath purchased with His own blood. When Jesus Christ shed that blood on the cross of Calvary, we know Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh, amen. That's Jesus Christ is God walking among us. That's God's blood. That he purchased you with. You got to grab a hold of that. God loves you enough to shed his blood for you. And he did. And he purchased you with his blood. How serious is God's love? It's serious enough to die for you. And shed his blood for you. And that's what Paul is talking about here in verse 28, verse 29. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock, also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. And we know that's what took place in the church. The Roman Catholic Church was rise, raised up by Constantine. We know all these different religions broke off, different sects that aren't godly, that aren't Christian, that aren't Christ-like. And they did come in right after Paul left. And they did come in and start doing all that. But look at what Paul says there in verse 31. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years... He says, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Every Christian should have tears of warning. You should be shedding tears of warning. Warning others about hell is to come. Warning others that there is a hell coming. If there's one thing missing in the pulpits today out of the churches is hell is not preached enough. And hell is not warned enough. When I, say, are you, when I ask a person, are you saved? When I ask a person, are you saved? When I say saved, that implies you're saved from something. Amen. Not saved, you're saved to heaven. But when you're saved, you're saved from something. You're saved from a sinking ship. You're saved from drowning. You're saved from something. Well, you're saved from hell, believer. Amen. And you should have tears you've shed for others that are going to hell. Amen. When's the last time you've shed a tear over a loved one you know is going to hell? We come up here on Wednesday nights and we take up prayer requests and we put, uh, we put in prayer requests for loved ones we know that are, we don't believe are saved, that are going to hell. We should be shedding tears over those. But how many have we? How many tears have we? Wouldn't you be afraid for God to walk in that back door and say, okay, I've got a numbering of how many tears you've shed for someone going to hell. I'm here to tell you, I think that number would be kind of low. I think some of us would say, Lord, please don't read that out loud. 
We, we, we believe in hell. We say amen as hard as we can. We, we talk about amen, hell is real. Amen, heaven is real. But when have we shed a tear over somebody going there to hell? Paul was a Christian. Paul was a living the life. Paul had the Holy Spirit dwelling in him, strong. He didn't have it quenched. And when he said, I, when I warned you, every one night and day with tears. Tears of warning. Turn to Psalms, please. Psalms 126. Psalms 126, please. We should be having tears over lost ones. We should have tears of warning to people. We should, when we see somebody, we should have tears that they're a soul going to heaven or hell. When we see people walking in the, we see people walking around, we shouldn't judge them. Okay, that guy's got a suit on, that guy's got rags on, that guy's got a beer in his hand. We shouldn't be judging people that way. We should look at that person and say, there's a soul, and that soul got in God's eyes, that soul's going one or two places. That soul's either going to hell or it's going to heaven to be with me. Now, if that soul's not going to heaven to be with God the Father, Jesus Christ wants you to tell that soul that they're, they're, hell is waiting on them. They're going to hell. Without Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. And you, should, you have a loved one that you love, as you know is going to hell. Guys, hell is real. It's eternal. It's suffering. Nobody would, you know, I hear people say this all the time. They'll hear things happening. They'll say, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And I believe them. They'll have some kind of pain or some kind of surgery, and they'll say, man, that was the worst thing, Keegan. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Hell is a million times worse than that. So if you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy, how about your loved ones that you hadn't prayed over? Somebody's around you. Look at Psalms chapter 126, chapter 5. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. We should be handing out these tracts with tears of warning. We should be handing out gospel tracts with tears of warning, giving out this gospel message with tears of warning. Guys, it should break our heart to look at what condition this country's in. It doesn't break your heart. I, I didn't tell my wife this. I meant to tell my wife this earlier this morning. I was down in Austin and went down to Austin. was going down North Lamar, South Lamar. That's a 30-minute drive. When you get down 183, you go down, all the way down 183. You take Lamar. You go all the way down Lamar. That's another 20 minutes. You're wiggling and waggling through all these streets and everything. And it, you know what amazed me? When I was heading out at 183 late last night, I was heading out 183, and I was thinking, I haven't seen one church. Yeah. Not one church. <laughs> It just occurred to me, not a Catholic church, not a satanic church. I mean, not one church. You go up to Dallas area and you see, go down 120, you go down all those, you see churches all over up in Dallas area. You do. It might not be a church I would attend, but it's a church. But I got down in Austin, there's not a church one down in there. It broke my heart to think about that. I said, Lord, you want me to go down there and start a church? There's no churches down here. Where are the churches? And is there any more wicked place in Austin, Texas? Weirdos down there? Well, maybe it's because there's no churches down there. Somebody should be shedding tears for those people. They're going to hell. We got to grab a hold of this. We should be bearing precious seed, weeping, sowing tears, reaping joy. Maybe the reason why you're not reaping in joy is because you're not sowing in tears. Amen. Amen. I know it's a hard message, but it's a true message. It's the Word of God. 
Brother Brooks, this guy's name is Thomas Brooks. He's a missionary, great man of God. He was in Copenhagen, Denmark. And he said there was a young lad that came up to him. And this young lad came up to him and he said, uh, can I give you this message for you to read? It was a gospel tract. And this guy said, uh, Thomas Brooks at the time, he wasn't saved. He said, Don't, you shouldn't be out here trying to push your religion on other people. And he said that young lad, he just kept handing him that message. That little track. He didn't say a word. The young lad just kept holding it out. And when Thomas Brooks realized that he wasn't going to move that, take that track, he grabbed it and just ripped it and put it in his pocket. And he sat there and watched that young boy. Wait and see what that young boy was going to do. He said, you know what that young boy did? Changed my life. See, that young boy went over, not say a word, said he went over to a doorway, said he bowed his head and he crossed his hand and he started praying. He said, something I've seen astonished me. Thomas Brooks said, I seen on that little boy's face tears rolling down. That boy was crying, praying for that lost soul that had ripped up that track. And Thomas Brooks said, 50 years later, I wonder where that boy's at. And he said, God bless that boy who had a love for my soul. Mm. Tears of warning. We need to have Tears of warning, my fellow Christians. Mark chapter 9. Please turn to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. We need to have tears of warning. We need to be shedding tears over lost ones. We need to be shedding tears over the way this condition of this country has become. We should be shedding tears over these things. It should break your heart. It breaks my heart. To see what condition this country's in. It breaks my heart to have 40-year-old men get in a truck with me and ride with me. They don't know where Genesis is. They don't know where Revelation is. They can't answer some of the most common knowledge things about the Bible. They're biblically ignorant. At 40-some years old, grown men. It breaks my heart. You know, we, we, we grew up in a country where you were forced to go to church if you wanted to or not. Amen. And you would get a Bible knowledge. Now nobody has any kind of Bible knowledge. I don't care if they're lost or... They don't have any. Even Christians have a lack of Bible knowledge. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It should break our heart. Mark chapter 9. Look at verse 20. Now this is Jesus Christ and he's about to heal up this uh, young child that has, a, has what we would call a demon or an evil spirit. Look, look at verse 20. And they brought him unto him. They brought this young boy that's possessed unto Jesus Christ. And when he saw him, when the young boy saw Jesus Christ, the evil spirit, straightway the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, Jesus asked the father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. That should tell you right there, a young child could get demon possessed or evil spirit possessed, however you want to put it. It's biblical. But watch what your kids are doing, what your kids are watching, what your kids are messing with. They can get possessed of a child. I didn't say that. That's what the testimony is out of the Word of God. You've got to be careful of this stuff. Look at verse 22. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. My wife works around kids all day long. I know I, I think Sister Rob might still work around kids or has worked around kids all day long. And Sister Holly, she's a teacher. She works around kids all day long. And I can guarantee you, you talk to, like, talk to my wife and some of these kids, it's a, it's, it, there's nothing you can do. It's simply a spiritual problem with these kids. There's something spiritual going on with some of these kids. 
But if thou canst do anything, verse 22, end of verse 22, but if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. That's what Jesus is there for. Jesus is there to help you. Jesus is there to have compassion on you. I don't care where you're at or what's going on in your life. Jesus is the answer. And he says there in verse 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible unto him that believeth. Put your faith in Jesus Christ, and I'm telling you, it's possible. It's very possible. With God, all things are possible. With Jesus Christ, believe in Jesus Christ, you can move mountains. Now look at verse 24, and straightway, straightway, the father, the child cried out. Look what the father says, and said with tears, with tears, Lord, I believe, but help thy mind unbelief. Tears of failure. Tears of failure. He shed tears saying, Lord, I believe. But help my thine unbelief. Help me, Lord. Lord, I believe you're my Savior. I believe you're the Savior of the world, but Lord, I don't believe enough. We need to have tears of failure. We need to shed some tears over the things we've been doing. Christian, you need to have believers' tears of failure. When's the last time you shed a tear over some of the sin you've done? You know, I've gotten down on my knees and I've done some wicked things and I still do some wicked things. I get down on my knees and I pray and I ask Jesus Christ, because I'm ashamed, and I ask Jesus Christ to forgive me. And please, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry I shouldn't have done it. And I get so mad at myself because I'm like, I tell the Lord, Lord, I can't even, I can't even shed a tear over this. Why can't I shed a tear? I, I'm so, so stone cold hearted. I can't even shed a tear over this. You don't think the things I do don't bring tears to the Lord Savior's eyes? You don't think things we do doesn't bring tears to Jesus Christ's eyes? This is our Savior looking over a city, and He says He cries over this. You don't think He's looking down from heaven right now, seeing the things we're doing, the, the sins we're committing, the, the attitude we have, and it doesn't bring a tear to His eyes? Heck yeah, it does. It, it we're breaking His heart. With the way we're acting, the way we're carrying ourselves, our, our attitude. And when we commit a sin, we're kind of less laissez about, well, you know, I shouldn't have done that. No, we should be brokenhearted about this stuff. But the question to you is, when have you shed a tear over some sin you've done? Have you ever shed tears over the sins you've done? You want your sins forgiven? You need to get down on your knees. You need to cry to the Lord. Boy, I don't know if you're like, you might not be as wicked as me, man. I've had to get down and I've had to just bawl, Lord, please. I'm just sorry, no good. I just break my, I break my own heart. My flesh is strong. My flesh is very strong and it won't let me go. And I'm in bondage to some things in my flesh and I cry out, Lord, help me. I cry out with tears. You remember the Pharisee went down and the Lord said, there's a Pharisee went down and says, I'm glad I'm not like him. I, I tithe every week and I do this and I do that. Jesus Christ said there was a publican that set afar off, beating his chest, and wasn't worthy to come up close to the temple and said, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. You remember that? And what did Jesus Christ say? That guy went down justified to his house. You want to be justified in God's eyes? You need to get down on your knees. You need to cry over some sin you've been doing. We all have sin to cry over. We need to shed those tears of failure. I think some of the problem is we've stopped believing that God's not watching us. 
We've stopped believing. Lord, help my unbelief. Because I don't believe enough that you're watching everything I'm doing. Guys, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. The Lord's everywhere watching everything we're doing. Everything we don't know our wife doesn't know we're doing, our husband doesn't know we're doing, our loved ones don't know what we're doing, our church members don't know what we're doing, the Lord knows we're doing it. Amen. And there should be tears of failure come to our cheeks. Say, Lord, I'm sorry, I, I just need to be better. Maybe we stop believing that God cares. Maybe we know God watches us, but God don't, you know, it don't matter with God. I mean, he, yeah, it does matter with God. See, every sin you're committing, put Jesus Christ on the cross. If you had a son and I come to him, I say, I'm going to go kill your son to pay for this sin. And every sin you're going to do, I'm going to have to, that's what's going to cause my son to die. Don't you think that when you're around that guy, you would try to act the best you could because his son died for you? Yeah, he died for you. But we kind of like keep doing what we're doing and that guy's watching us and we're, well, you know, it's just your son. Yeah, your son. His son died for us because we're so wicked. But we don't have a tear to shed for failure. Lord, I believe, help thy mind unbelief. Turn, turn to John 1. I'm going to show you something. Please, please turn to John 1. I'll show you something about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I noticed this in my Bible reading. I encourage you to read your Bible every day. Every day. I don't care how much you're reading. Just get your Bible, open it up, and read it every day. I don't care how much you've read out of that part. You know, you might be reading John chapter 1 over and over again. You'll get something new out of it every time. This is what I got out of it the last time I read through it. Look at John chapter 1, verse 46. And Nathanael, verse 46, And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. So Philip is telling Nathanael, Hey, I found the Messiah. I think I found the Savior, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathanael says, Well, there's nothing come good out of Nazareth. Philip said, come on and see. Verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. There's no dishonesty in Nathanael. Verse 48, Nathanael saith unto him, uh, Whence knowest thou me? See, he's never met Jesus Christ. And he's wondering, well, how do you know me to Jesus Christ? Because he says, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. <laughs> yeah, that convinced him. Nathanael says to Jesus Christ with his chest stuck out, How do you even know me? And Jesus says, You know what? Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. What occurred to me when I was reading through that is like, What was, Phil, what was Nathanael doing under the fig tree? Jesus knows. Nathaniel knows, and Nathaniel instantly says, you're the master, you're the son of God. I believe Nathaniel was doing something he shouldn't have been doing under that fig tree. I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to call Daniel anything he's, Nathaniel anything he's not. But I'm here to tell you this morning, Jesus Christ is watching everything you do. Amen. And we need not forget that. We need not forget that. We need to have tears of failure. <laughs> Look at Luke. Let me show you another one of these. Luke 22. I know these aren't... <laughs> I know y'all don't want to turn to these. Like, not another one, Brother Kigan. Not another one. It's good for you. It's good for me. 
We need to hear this stuff. We need to see this stuff. We need to realize we're breaking the Lord's heart with the way we act. Man, we all, most of us have kids in here. God is our father. We're fathers, we're mothers. Have our kids not broken our heart? Have our kids not done things that have caused tears to come to our eyes? You don't think God the Father's not up in heaven with tears in his eyes? Oh, my child, oh, my child. Oh, my child. 22, verse 60. Peter has just denied Jesus Christ. He's about to deny him for the last time. He told Jesus, I won't deny you. And Jesus said, yeah, you will deny me for the cock crows. And he denied him three times in verse 60. And Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake the cock crew, look at verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said unto him before the cock crow, Thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Yeah, the Lord's watching. Man, I tell you what I'm afraid of, guys. I'm afraid of a lot of things. I'm not afraid of hell, but I'm afraid of running into my Savior. And my Savior, Jesus Christ, giving me that knowing look. Just giving me that look. Like it's found in verse 61. And Peter... Remember the word of the Lord, because the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that, when I get to finally see the face of my Lord and Savior, and the Lord knows everything I'm doing, and everything I'm not doing for Him, and to see that knowing look. I won't be able to deny it. Guys, we need to be shedding tears over the way we're not treating the Lord, how we're treating the Lord, and things we need to be doing for the Lord. Went out and wept bitterly. Let's look at another one of these. Look at Luke chapter, Luke chapter 7. There's tears of warning. There should be tears of failure. Look at Luke chapter, Luke chapter 7. Look at verse 36. Let's go through this verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. Jesus would come eat with him. And he went out into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner. Are you a sinner this morning? Amen. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. There's no, there's no way to describe how expensive that might have been. Verse 38, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and then wiped them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Every believer should have tears of thankfulness and Humility. If there's any kind of tear you should shed as a Christian, you should shed a tear of thankfulness towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You might not be able to conjure up a tear for your sins because you were so wicked. You might not be able to shed a tear for somebody else because we're so wicked. We don't care about anybody else going to hell. But you for sure could be able to shed a tear for how good the Lord's been to you. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the salvation Jesus Christ has given you? Man, you know, when the Lord gives you this great free gift, and I don't know about y'all, but when I got saved, this weight just lifted off my shoulders. I had this burden. It just lifted off. I, I can't explain it, but I just, oh, the peace I had, and I was so thankful. 
You know, in my lifetime, I've had people give me some very humbling gifts. And what I mean by that is people have been very, very good to me. The Lord sent by my way so many good people. And they've given me some really good gifts. And I've had people give me gifts that bring tears in my eyes. It just humbles me down. Like, man, I can't believe somebody should be so good to me. And if I can do that for somebody on this earth, why can't I do that for Jesus Christ has been so good to me? This woman finds out where Jesus Christ is at and she runs over there and she humbles herself down and she puts tears on his feet, is wiping it with her hair. This woman loves Jesus Christ. And if you haven't shed tears for Jesus Christ and how good he's been to you, it's because you don't love him enough. You don't love him enough. You don't believe me? Look at verse 30 now. Now when the Pharisee which had been with him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, talking about Jesus Christ, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner woman this is that toucheth him. For she is a sinner. Now what kind of reputation does she have that he knows her and knows that she's a sinner? She wasn't just telling some white lies around the corner, guys. More than likely it was a harlot. She's a sinner, and everybody knows she's a wicked sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor, Jesus says, which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Did Jesus Christ have to forgive you of a lot of sins? Did Jesus Christ have to forgive you of a lot of sins? Amen. Amen. Then who should be loving Jesus Christ the most? Simon answered, said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered in thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. You know why I think this church loves Jesus Christ so much? Because we got a church full of wicked sinners. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of that. I had one lady tell me one time, she stopped me outside the church, she said, I've never seen a pastor admit to be so wicked. I said, well, you, I said, well, you've never been around a pastor that's so wicked. I don't mind admitting I'm sorry, no good. Because you know what? I'm sorry, no good. I don't want to fool y'all. I can't fool y'all. I've been around Sister Carolyn for 10 years. She could tell you everything about, bad about me. And she don't know the half of it. Praise the Lord, she don't know the half of it. But Jesus Christ does. So I know how much the Lord is having to forgive me. Just last week. Just last night. Just the day before. I know how much the Lord is having to forgive me. And oh, that makes me love him so much. That makes me love him so much. You know, when I was a young kid, my mom was a single mom. She was raising us without, we didn't have fathers, didn't have a husband. She's raising us as a single parent. And my mom had Christmas rolled around as me and my sister and my mom. And I remember my uncle, my uncle Teets, my, George worked with uncle Teets. He come over and he brought, and this is back in the 70s. She, he brought my mom over $500 for Christmas. And I remember that he handed that to my mom, and, and, I, and I didn't cry. And my mom started just crying and weeping. 
And I knew it wasn't crying because she was hurt. But as a young child, I understood that this was something good. But I didn't cry. I didn't cry over that. It didn't bring, didn't bring tears to me. You know why? I was a child. I didn't understand the great gift that was given me through my uncle. Let me tell you something. If you're not crying tears of thankfulness to the Lord, you're like a little child who don't understand the great gift that's been given you. Amen. Amen. You've been given the greatest gift. Of, you've been given eternal life through Jesus Christ up in heaven. My mom is up in heaven thanks to Jesus Christ. I'm going to get to see loved ones again thanks to Jesus Christ. And thanks to Jesus Christ, I get to go see them. They're up there right now thanks to Him, but thanks to Him, I'm going to get to go where they're at. And you know what I had to pay for that? Absolutely nothing. I just like this woman showed up and the Lord said, hey, your sins are forgiven. Oh, man. Verse 48, and he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said unto the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. You put your faith in Jesus Christ, it will save you. You will have peace. And the world will wonder, Who's this that forgiveth sins? Well, who's the only one that can forgive your sins to God? What does that make Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ... When he's forgiven sins, the only one that can say, hey, it's forgiven you, you don't owe that money, is God. He's the only one. He represents God. He's God manifest in the flesh. That's why they say, who is this that forgiveth sins also? Well, God's the only one who can do that, Jesus Christ. Y'all get this? It's just not one or two verses in your Bible. Jesus Christ is God, and you can't get around that. Amen. Show you, I'm going to show you one more. This is the good one. I've been hitting y'all hard this morning, amen. This has been stepping on my toes too. But we needed to hear this. But let me show you one that y'all going to love. Look at Revelation 21. Amen. Y'all know where I'm going with this. We're closing. We're closing. It won't take long. Revelation 21. Y'all know where I'm going with this. If you know your Bible, you know exactly where I'm turning you. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. Believers' tears of warning. We should have believers' tears of warning. Tears of failure. Tears of thankfulness and humility. And lastly, if you're a believer, look at what kind of tears you're going to have up in heaven. No more tears. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Amen. Believer, you might have tears of warning. You might be broken hearted. You might be broken hearted over your sin. You might be broken hearted because you can't believe Jesus Christ will love you enough to die for you. You might have all these tears you're shedding. You should be shedding tears. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there's going to come a time he's going to wipe those tears away. It will come to an end. But every coin has a flip side to it. Every good has a bad. Every love has a hate. And if there's a place where you're never going to shed tears again, on the flip side of that, there's a place called hell. And without Jesus Christ, you're going to go to a place called hell, and your tears will never be wiped away. It's a place where you're going to shed tears for eternity. It's a t place of regret a place of, I wish I would have just took Jesus Christ. I wish I would have just believed all the tears that are being shed in hell right now. 
and all the tears, oh, the tears that are being wiped away up in heaven. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's a place that we can go that we don't have to worry about crying. We don't have to worry about being sorrowful. There'll be no more tears. That's all because of Jesus Christ. See, that's the kind of stuff that makes you want to break that alabaster box and get down on the feet of Jesus and kiss him and wipe your hair on his feet and his love all over Jesus Christ. Because that's a great gift he's given you. That's a great gift he's given you. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.